Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. I'm John McCaskill, your host, and thanks for tuning in to the Veterans Path podcast. This podcast is just a piece of what we do. Veterans Path is actually a nonprofit working to introduce veterans and active service members to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can find a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. That's where the word path in our name comes from. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support of Veterans Path, increase attendance at our retreats so we're able to help more veterans, and finally, to reduce the stigma around mindfulness, meditation, and seeking mental health support. Listeners and viewers, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a review or a like and share the show with anyone and everyone you think could benefit from our message. Also, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Hello, today my guest is one of our newest team members on the Veterans Path team, Jacqueline Chirac. Jackie is a Navy veteran, a Chopra Center certified Ayurvedic wellness coach, 200-hour yoga instructor, a Reiki practitioner, and a mindfulness expert. She began her Navy career as a nurse, and while serving her country in uniform, Jackie also served on the home front as a military spouse. She's married to a recently retired Navy SEAL. Jackie first sought out mindfulness practices to achieve a greater sense of inner peace and joy as a new Naval Special Warfare spouse and Naval officer. Once she discovered how powerful techniques, how powerful these techniques were for her own self-transformation, she dedicated herself to sharing her wisdom with other women along the path. Jackie is also an Ironman triathlete who channels the wisdom of these holistic practices to achieve peak performance in all areas of life. With over a decade of immersive study, Jackie is committed to personal growth of mind, body, and spirit, and is on a mission to reawaken the sacredness of sisterhood, enabling military spouses from the past, from the past present, and from the future to restore thrive and connect. I probably messed that up. I said from the past and present and future. You're not from the past, present and future. It's just enabling military spouses, past, present and future. How about that? Uh, And I'll just leave that in there (laughs) to restore, thrive and connect. We're going to find out a lot more about Jackie here in today's episode of the Veterans Path Podcast. All right. Welcome back. As mentioned in the intro, my guest today is our newest team member on the Veterans Path team, former Navy nurse, military spouse, Ironman triathlete, and mindfulness expert, Jacqueline Chirac. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here, John. Yeah, it's great to have you. How have you been? I've been good. You know, it's... um. Uh, I don't know what the right word would be, a transformational time right now, I it think, in the that. world. 
right? And so it's it's right now, I think with where I'm at, I feel good. I feel like I'm doing the things that I, they're in my power that are uh, aligned with what I can bring into the world and, and then taking care of myself and my family at home. So I'm feeling nice. good. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's all we can ask for in times like this. It's uh, it is. Would you call it transformational time? It is that yeah. transformational for us in the in the world. Transformation for us uh, as individuals and and out on the outside and the inside. So I think that's that's yeah. that's good. So uh, I'm not sure if you've listened to any of these episodes in the past, but what I try to do at the beginning is kind of establish the guest as a human being rather than kind of reading their I promise I'm a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you could, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself on the personal level, maybe uh, where you grew up, uh, family makeup, kind of childhood, and then your family now, um, and then kind of what inspired you to go into the Navy? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in, well, I was born in Texas. I can't leave that out because we are Cowboys fans, even though I lived there for one month, <laughs> one whole month until we moved. <laughs> but we grew up as diehard Cowboys fans. So uh, born in Texas, grew up in Connecticut. Um, I have two older sisters, uh, so I'm the baby of the family. And then um, as our family dynamic right now, I have two sons, uh, Thomas, who's six, and then Luke, who's three. And we are currently living in Virginia Beach. And for me, you know, how I ended up getting into the Navy, it was, uh, sort of born through my own family's health crisis, really. So um, when I was growing up in Connecticut, I don't know if you know much about Lyme disease, but it's sort of the epicenter for that, um, old Lyme, Connecticut. And so every single person in our family contracted that illness. No way. Yeah. I actually do know a little bit about it. My sister-in-law got it um, and was down for like a year and a half uh, with it. I, I mean, it's and what's yeah. what's wild and sorry i don't mean to step on your conversation will come no. back but what's wild is just how little there is like published or known in the conventional medical world i mean even there's even people who believe that it's it's not a thing oh, uh, yeah. so she struggled with people. that yeah it's it's pretty wild so sorry i interrupted your flow there so come from uh, you know the the epicenter and everyone almost every one of you guys had it Every single person in my family. Yep. That's Every crazy. single one of us. And um, it was really, so when, especially when we got it, it was, I mean, like even today, even today there's, um, it's hard to get, um, you know, coverage for, you know, your bills and things like, you know, and, and long-term chronic healthcare for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago, it was. Sorry, my watch is dinging and I'm trying to oh, stop no, it here. <laughs> I'm like, I assumed it was like a garbage truck outside. <laughs> I'm like, it's usually something happening in my, in my home. Um, but yeah, it was really, so this was what, uh, 2000, 2000 to 2005 was when we all got sick. So wow. there was really little being done about it, little research and little, um, uh, help for patients. And so, you know, my oldest sister got it first. She was off of college, ended up having to drop out of college. So sick. My, and then my mom and so both my mom and both my sisters got it really bad. Wow. I was more like the textbook case. Yeah. So I got, um, I, I was having symptoms. I got diagnosed. I took antibiotics for 14 days. They went away. Um, my, all, everybody else in my family has had chronic Lyme. And wow. so, 
but it was in high school when really I was sick. My, my mom was really sick, my sister. And, um, and so I had, I had stepped into this caregiver role, right. That I had not chosen. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it was just because of the family dynamic. Everybody was really sick and I right. was the healthiest one in the bunch. And so it was really this desire for nursing that I, I felt really called to help people that like, okay, this, this feels like what I'm supposed to be doing, helping people. I help my family. So I started researching nursing and like when I was starting to apply to colleges, my dad was actually um, let go from his job in New York city. So like all around the same time. And so I started looking to scholarships and I was like, well, you know, I've always wanted to travel, see the world. What about joining the Navy? And so I um, received a scholarship for ROTC to, to Villanova. And um, I really had like, zero background in military like my both my grandfather served but didn't grow up in a very military uh dense family and so i went in there like wide-eyed like <laughs> i'm gonna like learn how to work out i'm gonna get in shape i'm gonna learn how to drill like this is all exciting um and you know i got a i got a very swift and quick reality check uh as soon as i entered that indoctrination portion of rtc um, but that's where I met my husband, I met Matt, uh, through ROTC as well. And then, yeah. And then entered the, the big wide world of the Navy four years later. So hold on. You met Matt while you're in ROTC. Yeah. So we, yeah, we were in ROTC together and then our, so we started dating sophomore year of college and then he wow. very shortly after, like during sophomore year was like, I want out of here. Like <laughs> he wanted to enlist right out of high school. Yeah, that was his dream. Um, and that, and then that, you know, his parents were really like, "No, you need to go to college. That's what you need to do." And so he ended up doing ROTC, but the desire was there. He just wanted to break loose and start doing the work. And so, but we had to start dating like a couple months, and I was like, "No, you can't leave college. Like I really like you. <laughs> this is gonna end, right? Like there's no if you just leave right now." So he stayed, ended up staying through sophomore year, and then junior year, once again, he was like, "I gotta go. I I'm gotta. Done. The the world is calling me." And so he ended up enlisting during our junior year. Wow, and then, I did not know that. Yep, and so then we ended up getting married. Um, you know, like before I got commissioned. So we got married my senior year of college. It was like over a weekend. I flew out and to San Diego. he's enlisted at this time. He's enlisted. Yeah. I'm a midshipman. <laughs> and but the relationship was already there. Already there. So, yeah. But there was wow. really like a fear instilled by my advisors in RTC basically saying that, you know, it would, if we weren't married by the time I commissioned that we could not be together and, yeah. And I, you know, I didn't know. So I'm like, well, we know we want to be together. Why are we, I, I like, I'm a, <laughs> this will probably come out in this podcast, but I'm a rule follower. So I'm like, the rules say we need to be married. So yeah. even though we'll, our paths will never cross military wise, <laughs> right. let, let's do this thing. So, yep. So we got married. I flew out there to San Diego where he was stationed and got married in front of the Dell uh, with my yes. parents and our siblings and then flew back and had like midterms or something <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> college, and, then, and then when I and then you know passed the NCLEX and got commissioned and and then flew out to San Diego to to start our new world wow that is yeah. a new world yeah uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that you were a rule follower but uh I am I am one of those two and yeah uh yeah I'm, I'm pretty bad as a matter of fact um but <clears throat> uh 
Becca and I, we actually met at SEAL Team 10 together. Uh, she actually, in, in a weird sense, kind of worked for me and I didn't follow the rules. I'll be <laughs> completely honest. I did not follow, follow the rules in, in, uh, yeah. in developing that relationship. I did wait uh, until she had left SEAL Team 10 to, to get married to her. But <laughs> as far as yeah. having a, a relationship prior to that, I, I didn't follow the rules. Um, so, okay, you marry him, you finish, and then you fly out there. Um, he's, what is he in, what, at, at the SEAL teams so he, now? Yeah, he was a new okay. guy. He was okay, a new, new guy. guy. Yeah. So did he deploy, I'm, I'm assuming he deployed several times before you guys had children. Yeah, so he, he deployed two times. And then he went into a training billet um, on San Clemente Island and then went and then during that time when he was on that training billet is when we had our first son. Okay. And yeah. then did you, did you actually ever deploy uh, it, with, I in did your not. Time? No. Okay. So I, I served four years active duty, which was, um, you know, my obligation for ROTC mm-hmm. and it was really at that time having been in for four years and, I, I knew I was, it was time for me to get out. Yeah. Um, I, the way I wanted to help women, the way, you know, just being a nurse in the military, like it completely changed my life. It, so many amazing, positive things, the women and men that I met, the, the families I served and, and the things I learned about myself and learned about how to help people. I, I knew that I wanted to expand beyond sort of the trajectory that I was going to be put on in the military. And, and I knew that we wanted to start having a family. And being dual active duty, um, they couldn't guarantee us being together. They, you know, there was yeah. a lot of that. And so for me, and I know couples that do it and, and they do it and they do it, they do it well. Yeah. Um, but I knew that wasn't for me. And so, you know, I decided after the four years to, to sort of turn in my, my papers and, um, and then start that second chapter afterwards. Yeah. So what yeah. is that? What is that second chapter? Um, first off, how did that transition feel for you? And then how did that second chapter actually get started? Yeah. So I think, I think I was very fortunate uh, for lots of different reasons. One, um, just, just being a nurse, right? Like being a nurse uh, in the military and being married to a SEAL, I realized very quickly that I did not have enough tools. <laughs> like I was missing <laughs> some essential tools in my toolbox, right? Like, I, and I was wondering like how I'm, I, w- I was trying to be really proactive. I remember before Matt's first deployment, like going and meeting up, they had these free counselors that you can meet up at his command. And it was like off the record. And that was a very important thing to me because I was active duty, right? I didn't yeah, want anything yeah. on my record. Um, but you can meet up and, t- and I, so I was like, okay, my husband's getting ready for his first deployment. Like this first year has already been so stressful. He's never around, right? Like first year of marriage, first year of being a nurse, all of those things. Um, <laughs> you know, what do I do? What I, and she was like, well, are you guys having marriage problems? I was like, no. She's like, are you having substance abuse problems? No. And she was like, well, then you're doing pretty good. Right. Like, I can't really offer wow. you anything. And that was really the response I got was like, well, you seem fine. And I'm like, yeah. no, I am. I am fine. But like, I I'm anticipating that this is going to be very hard. Yeah. And I, I would like to be, get ahead of it. And it was very much met with this, like, Oh, we don't really have anything for that. Not, we're not proactive. We're not we're very right, reactive. That, yeah, like it, yeah. that wasn't what she said, but that was the message. That was the message yeah. that came through. And so I was like, all right, well, I got to figure this out for myself, right? Because I, I'm doing okay, but I'm not doing great, 
right? Like I'm not doing amazing and I, I want to be, I want our marriage to thrive. I want sure. to be great. But I was, I was burning that caregiver, you know, candle at both ends. I yeah. was being a caregiver all day um, and pouring into my patients and then coming home and having a very, you know, a, a husband with a very demanding job that also needed somebody to nurture him at the end of the day. And I'm like, I got nothing left and, and something's mm -hmm. got to give. And so that's when I started seeking out mindfulness. And I, I don't know that I would have used the word then, but I was like, I need help. <laughs> Somebody help me. So, yeah. you know, it was, you know, going to see like a holistic, uh, naturopathic doctor, right? Like maybe it's my diet. Maybe it's, you know, like, and I, I got kind of these different stepping stones and I ended up seeing this amazing therapist, uh, in La Jolla, um, doc, oh gosh, now I'm going to like blank on his name, which is terrible because I saw him for so long. Um, it'll come back to me, but he was an energy psychologist and from, and I had been in talk therapy in high school with all my family, you know, illness and everything. And I yeah. love talk that I'm like, Oh, you want to listen to me? And I can like share my problems. <laughs> cool. Like, <I'm> in. <laughs> and so, but he was an energy psychologist. And so it was so cool because I could still talk and express what I was going through, but then he'd be like rooting that back to something in my childhood that I had no memory of, but he could met like muscle test it. I don't know if you've heard of muscle testing. No. So it's basically like, you muscle test for truth in, in, in statements. And so he had the ability to like go back into like my early childhood, into like past lives, into like these things I'd never even like heard of before. I'm like, oh, this wow. is, he's like parallel universe, like all these things. And he would just clear its energy. And I, for the first time in my life, experienced like coming back into my body. And I think for so long with, you know, the, the illness in my family and then being in the military setting, and, and because, I mean, like, if you knew me in high school, you knew me in college, I was, it was two different people, right? Like the military, I shifted. I did a 180 because it was like, oh, I, I need to survive in a new way. Mm -hmm. um, and for the first time, I felt really present again and, and, and in my body. And I think because of that go, 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 and like sort of that survival mode I had been in for so long of just like, keep going, keep doing, keep doing more. No, you're, you're struggling. Okay. Do more, add more to Right. <laughs> I was, I wasn't even in my body. I wasn't even present. Like I was just constantly trying to escape in different ways without realizing it. And so he helped me learn how to like re really reconnect with myself. And he just gave me a book one day and was like, you know, this is a book by Deepak Chopra and you might be interested in it. And I read that book and I was like, that was amazing. He's like, you know, the Chopra Center is right up the road. Yeah. And I, I went and I attended their perfect health course. Um, per, you know, it was like the, not as the instructor, but you know, just as a participant. And it was a week long of like Ayurvedic massages. You're, they're feeding you Ayurvedic meals. You're learning about meditation for the first time. Well, for the first time for me, mm -hmm. yoga twice a day, you're meditating twice a day. It's a fully immersive week long experience at, at this La Costa resort in Carlsbad. So it's beautiful. It's, I mean, anyone who can go there should go there. It was incredible. Um, and that was it. That was a tipping point of, of complete change in my entire trajectory of my life of, of me, of everything, because for the first time, yeah, I, I wasn't resisting. I was experiencing an expansion of, mm -hmm. of who I am, of, these different ways I can heal myself. It wasn't just through, you know, diet and exercise, which are really the only two tools I had learned about before then. It was like, well, if you're like, you know, not happy, just go for a run. And, and then if you're not, you know, feeling good in your body, you need to go on a diet. And it was like, those were the things. And it's like, when you only have a, 
a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Yeah. And so it was yeah. like, I just kept hammering myself with those two tools and it just wasn't helping me. I was still suffering and, and doing these steps. And then, and then the Chopra Center was really that, that pivotal change for me where I realized I had all the tools within me. I didn't have to keep seeking outside of myself. Uh, I just had to rem remember and tap back into it. And so by the time I transitioned out of the Navy, you know, I had all of that. I, and I knew that that was what was calling me. It was like, everybody needs to know that they have this within them, this power, this ability to heal, this ability to feel peace at all times, like just tap into that when they need it. And, and I, so when I was transitioning out, thankfully I had those practices. And on top of that, at the end of the day, I was still a military spouse. So I was still connected to that mm -hmm. military community. And so many of our friends were actually, were mostly either through Matt's work, right? Couples that we met through Matt's work or my nursing friends. And, and I was still a nurse at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So I had a lot of those pieces to play, but I got to tell you the day that, and I, and I chose to get out, right? I could have stayed in. I chose to get out. I was like counting down the days. The day I, I went and turned in my active duty ID and they took it from me and gave me a dependent one back, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared. I yeah. thought, you know, I made this choice. I have all these things. There's all these reasons like, but that loss of identity that I was so entangled with that I couldn't even see, it was painful. And I remember yeah. going home and just crying for really? like two days. Oh, I was, it was hard just, I, I hadn't realized like those little things of like going on base and then being like, welcome aboard, ma'am. And you know, like those little tiny things that I yeah. had like become accustomed to and become identified with. And so man, of course, Matt was like, are you like ashamed to be like a <laughs> like, what? I was like, no, like this is nothing. I love you. This has nothing to do with you. It's just, I didn't realize how attached I had become to being like, I serve my country. Yeah. Right. I am active duty. I'm part of this amazing group of people that we have stepped up and, and volunteered to serve. And so, so even, but I'm so grateful that I had those tools because I could recognize that and just cry and just be like, okay, like, and, and then come back to the gratitude of all the things I have and, and my connections. And, but I had to mourn, I had to mourn that loss that yeah. I was going through. And, and so I'm grateful that I was able to be in such a good place that when that happened, I could be present with it and not, not shut it down. Right. And just like, kind of like let it out and, and right. really be there. So, and then, and then, yeah. And I mean, I don't know if it's chapter two or chapter like 300 run, you know, <laughs> now, but, but it was really like, I knew that was, I wanted to serve in a more holistic way and serve women. I just didn't know what that looked like yet. So that sort of the year I, after I got out was a year of, of discovery yeah. of, of stepping into that. I was teaching. I was a, a certified yoga teacher by then Reiki practitioner and perfect health. So I was kind of offering all these different classes and courses. And then, and then I was also pregnant with our first son. So <laughs> I was kind of building up this, this confidence and this, this muscle of teaching, right? Not just being the student, but teaching. And then my first son came and it was like all my tool. It was like, I hit a wall and all the tools fell out of the tool basket. <laughs> so, so I had to relearn. I had to relearn what taking care of myself. I'd relearn what mindfulness and meditation looked like within the scope of motherhood, mm. which for me took a long time because I think where I didn't lose, I would, we weren't like big partiers. We weren't like, I, I'm an old soul, like Friday night, movie night at home. Like that's my, my yeah. cup of tea. That's my jam. <laughs> 
but the things I lost were that control, right? That control over my day, control over my time, my space, my energy. Um, I became absor- completely absorbed into the role of motherhood. And I kept waiting for the break. Mm-hmm. Right? I kept waiting for things to get easier for yeah. me to find myself in that role again. And, and it took time and it, it took almost two years for me to really come back to like, Oh no, no. Like I have to make it <laughs> like yeah. I have to prioritize myself. I have to, if I want this and this is my intention, I have to make it be because children, they are, are beautiful little beings who, if you give them, you know, 50% of your attention, you give them hundred percent, they're going to take it all right. They're like, it. Yes. Yes. Give me more. I love yeah. it, mom. I love it, dad. <laughs> Keep it coming. And so, you know, I really had to shift my, you know, cause even things like my, my day, like I used to wake up in the morning when the sun rose and meditate and go for long walks and, you know, these things, like these practices that really help me feel good and help me balance. And then I'm up, you know, all night with a baby and, you know, and not sleeping. And then you just stop. I'm like, I, I can't go, you know, meditate right now. Like I'm exhausted, you know, it's just yeah. all these things. I just, so by the time my second son came three years after that, I was on it. I was like, Nope, like this, this needs to come first. This always, I always have to fill my own cup first because I need to pour out. I need to allow, yeah, exactly. you know, an overflow to my family, not give of myself. And so that I'm running on empty. So, yeah. So, where um, Matt in this whole process in your transition from the military and then yeah. your your finding mindfulness through this um, energy psychologist I think you call them yeah uh, what did Matt think of all this Dr Fuller it came to me that Dr Fuller Dr. good Dr. job Fuller, if anyone's out there he's amazing <laughs> if you're looking for someone um, yeah I'm Matt's he's always got my back. He's yeah. always been the biggest support. So, I mean, really with like when I got out of the Navy and I was like, I'm not sure what I want to do. Like I, I just need a, a breather. Like I need to see, like, I don't think I want to go back to clinical nursing, but like, I loved, I love taking care of women. I worked on labor and delivery, watching women bring new life into the world, being like a part of that like miraculous moment. I loved it. So yeah. I wasn't hundred percent sure I wanted to give that up because it was so meaningful to me but I just wanted to figure it out. I didn't want to jump into something just because that was what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's just like, you do you. you nice. I mean, he's never, he at this point is still not, um, he's not all in right with the meditation. It's not his jam. <laughs> it's not yeah. his thing, but, but he's always been respectful of me and he'll allow, like he'll come and join me as long as I'm not um, too pushy with it. Yeah. Yeah. It has yeah. to be very much an, an invitation only type of situation. <laughs> uh, I think Becca's the same way uh, and she appreciates you and what you're doing with the, the solidarity circle, um, which by the way, if you did record it, I think she needs that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I can't, I don't think anybody can really have it pushed on them. They have to experience it themselves uh, and really see that change in themselves, change in how they're feeling about things. And then that's when you kind of, become a believer because honestly, yeah. um, I can't remember the guy's name who introduced it to me or introduced me to it rather. Um, wish I could because the same reason he, he changed my life and that he introduced me to mindfulness and meditation, but I pushed back quite hard against it. I was like, man, no, yeah. that's, that's for weak. That's for soft. Uh, that's not me. Yeah. 
Um, and when he eventually did convince me to try it out and I did it for long enough, I started to see those changes. And that's when I, you know, that's when I became a believer is when I saw those changes in myself. It's just, it's just like when somebody tells you to eat well, right. And when you do do it for long enough, yeah. <laughs> which I, I told you right before the show, I'm not the best eater, but when I do do eat well, I feel great. Yeah. Um, or somebody tells you to go to the gym, you're like, ah, you know, I'm not going to make time for the gym. I've got other more important things to do, but when you do and you feel great, then, then you see that that actually changes your life and then you become a believer. It's the same way with mindfulness and meditation, uh, I believe. We talked about your being uh, your an Ayurvedic wellness coach. Can yeah. you tell us what Ayurvedic, I may be pronouncing that wrong, I think I'm, I think I'm doing close. You're anyway. good, you're good, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us exactly what that means? Yeah, so Ayurveda is a 5,000 year old system of healing. And so it's really um, in Sanskrit. So that's um, the language used uh, by Ayurveda, of yoga, of these ancient practices. Um, in Sanskrit, Veda uh, is wisdom or science. And then Ayur means life. So it's really the wisdom or science of life. Perfect. And yeah. And, and I love it because especially coming from like a Western trained nursing background, right? Like it's very like scientific and, you know, and I was always that kid too, like even like in church growing up when I was like getting confirmed and I'm like, but show me the proof, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want the hard evidence here. Like, the parted. That doesn't make any sense. I was like always getting sent to like the, the priest's office and they're like, you just have to have faith. I was, don't, like, don't I don't ask questions. Yeah. Very, I was, I was getting pushed back a lot, but, <laughs> but I really, I always wanted that. And, and I think so much of my own experience of like realizing there was a missing piece, right. With, with, what I knew scientifically, the, you know, just eat right and, and exercise, right. Mm -hmm. That wasn't enough. That wasn't working. And so I, I already knew that there was something missing. I just couldn't, if you told me it was, you know, one of these things, I'd be like, ah, I don't think that's it. But because I got to experience it immersively, um, you know, Ayurveda is really, it's about this expansion. It's about viewing ourselves as an extension of our environment and our environment as extension of us. Like there is no separation. There's no separation between mind and body, and there's no separation between us and our environment. So the five elements, air, space, water, earth, and fire all around us, right? The sun, the trees, the wind, you know, the, the outer space, everything, the oceans, like we all have that within us too, right? So the way our circulation moves in our body, the way that our bones are strong and you know our digestive fire right like we have all of these elements uh, in not only in our body but also in our mind right so that ability to create to have spontaneous thought like that's very airy and has a lot of movement um that passion and that drive that that's really that fire element and then the water and the earth in our mind is really that stability that grounding and so each of us while we all have all five elements within us uh, we have a unique distribution right mm -hmm. so it's a very unique um, makeup that we are all like a, a unique fingerprint or a snowflake there's no two people that are created the same otherwise it'd be a whole bunch of like replicas of us walking around yeah but it's we we have different amounts and so um the way that those are broken up those different elements are in ayurveda is doshas and doshas are basically mind body constitutions and so when we are you know born into this world we have certain set amounts and they may vary a little bit over our lifetimes, but for the most part, they stay pretty much the same, which is why like a, a personality in you know, a six-month-old baby, to you see that kid graduating college and you're like, I knew 
from the most, right? Like I knew that about you and I'm sure you're seeing this with your own children as I see with yeah. my boys like unfolding and you're like, gosh, you've had that fire in you since you came into this world, right? And so, and that's what it is. So these doshas, there's, there's three, vada, which is made up of the elements, air and space, pitta, which is made of the iron, uh, the elements, fire and water, and then kapha, which is made of the elements, water and earth those are our primary doshas. And so depending on how much of those elements you have in your body, you'll have either one as your primary, or you might have a bidoshic where you have two that are primary. That's what I am. So I'm primarily vada and pitta. Um, and it's like the, the vada in me worries like, oh, did I get that wrong? Is it pitta vada? And pitta's like, no, it's definitely pitta for, you know, <laughs> so it's funny. Like you have these characters, right? And, and then um, in kappa for me is, is lower but it's still there. We have all five elements. Right. And so for me, it was this expansion of like, like things about me, like my temper. I, you, you probably, well, hopefully you haven't experienced too much of my temper. I have not. Um, and, and honestly, most of my friends that I've made since I went through this training are like, you have a temper. Like they don't see that part of me because part of my goal and, and my own practice with Ayurveda is it's not about turning off parts of us. It's about coming into balance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as a kid, when I would have these huge temper tantrums and like, I mean, I, I played field hockey in high school and they like named a, a play called the stare. And it was because I used to like give everyone the death stare. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like benched or something. And so like that's, but that was that fire element coming through, right? Like I was a kid with a lot of fire in me. And so Ayurveda helped me realize that that wasn't a bad thing. Like I, it's not that I have, I used to think that I was like, Oh, I'm just like, everybody else can control their emotions really well. And I'm just like, I like have a lever that is like, like stuck in the on position and it's broken and <laughs> like I need to be fixed. Yeah. I made it was like, no, you have a lot of fire element within your body, within your mind. And that means that you are focused, you are driven, you are passionate, you are a leader, but when you're out of balance, you're going to burn something down. Right. And so yeah. it's, it's giving us all the tools through things like mindfulness and meditation through yoga movement through what we're eating as far as balancing those doshas within us so that we can come into a state of vibrance rather than just being you know living day to day not knowing what's happening within us so how would um now i'm, I'm really intrigued i need to i need to <laughs> learn more about this how do you find out which dosha is your primary dosha is that i mean it's not like you're taking the myers-briggs battery or whatever it is that and you're finding out you're an istj right it what is it is do you speak with somebody and they tell you which is your primary dosha How, how's that found out yeah so um it, it's a simple quiz and that's the cool really? thing is like yeah it's a facebook a quiz, quiz? <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like which <laughs> disney character and dosha are you um yeah, so that's it. And, and the reason why it's nice to have more than just a quiz. So on my website, I have actually, it's so funny because like this week, my blog post is discover your dosha. And really? so, yes. <laughs> so, I, have to, I, I got to discover mine. <laughs> yeah. So it's like just published today. Um, and the quiz isn't up there yet, but it will be by the time this airs. And so it's, you know, it'll be solidarityofsisters.com slash quiz just to make it super simple. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's a quiz and it will give you that, um, that overlaying kind of perspective on, okay, these qualities consistently show up within you, right? So this is most likely your primary dosha. 
Um, but then what's nice about having somebody to confer with about it that has a background in Ayurveda is that, you know, if quizzes, they can only answer so much, right? right. And so it'll give you a really good baseline, a really good understanding, but to, to understand specifically, not, not only what you're born into this world with, but the next layer is, okay, so yeah, I'm a, you know, Vata Pitta um, primarily, but my cough is the one that's out of balance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because we also have seasons of doshas, right? So wow. if you think about water and, and earth, that season is, is late winter to early spring, right? That's when things are heavy. That's when things are wet, when things are, are colder, damper. And so if, so we can get pulled out of balance, even if it's not our primary dosha. And so it's also about learning, okay, like, yeah, that normally shows up for me, but right now this is what's out of balance. And these are the tools and practices to get me back into balance. And then I can go back to kind of my normal daily routine. Um, what about like, you know, when you take the Myers-Briggs and you find out you're an ISTJ or whatever, that's what I am. That's why I referenced that one primarily. <laughs> um, and so you find out your, your primary doshas and do you find out like which dosha you are most likely to be compatible with? Like is, is Matt a certain dosha and, and you guys are, are, are a fit? I mean, how, is there something like that as well? As far yeah. as your, you, go ahead. I hear what you're saying. I hear yeah, what you're saying. Perfect. Yeah. So the, the beautiful thing with Ayurveda is what it does is it expands your, your view of yourself in the world. Right. And so like, say you're on the team, and like veterans path, right? Yeah. And everyone, you know, is, is slightly different. And so maybe you have somebody who is primarily Vada, which is that air and space. Vadas are creators. They are the ones that come up with spontaneous thought that have like the really out of the, out of the box ideas yeah. because they are creative and they're allowing that, that creative energy to flow through them. They're not blocking it. Right. So knowing your own dosha and then recognizing other people is that you can help lift them up, right? Because, um, you know, Avada is very creative, but they're also really bad sometimes <laughs> at following through <laughs> about actually completing tasks, right? And so then you bring in a Pitta who Pittas are very goal oriented. They're like, I want to execute, boom, 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 boom. Like, give me the task list. I want to check those off. Like, yeah. I feel good, right? Like, Vadas just want to keep creating. They're like, they're on to the next thing. They're like, no, no, no. Yeah, like, that's cool. Like, I'm glad you're running with that idea, but like, I'm going to go create the next thing. So, yeah. you know, being able to pull these different strengths out of people. And then, and then our kaphas, everybody needs a kapha in their life because our kaphas are like, be grounding, be like, everybody, you know, like, Pitta, go get an iced tea. You're too, you know, you're hopped up. Like, Vadas, you need to like calm down, come here, do a little grounding <laughs> meditation. Like, the kaphas are the ones that kind of like hold us all together. Um, they're like the golden retrievers of the dosha world. So they're like, everybody needs, they, you, everybody's drawn to kaphas because they just feel good to be around. They're so grounding, naturally grounding presence. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, there's definitely going to be like, if you are primarily a pitta dosha and your spouse is a primary pitta dosha, like you're probably going to have some, some pretty heated debates, right? Yeah. Because when we get into that and we're, you know, we get fired up, then we can just start spiraling. And, and of course, you know, with the meditation mindfulness, what it helps us do is kind of step back out of that, right? And then ground and, and release and be like, you know what? I'm really, I can't think clearly right now. I'm really fired up. I need to go get some of this energy out. Let's come back, right? So that it's those different levels of awareness 
within ourselves and also within our spouses and our kids, right? Like if our kids, like we can really understand their strengths and also just when they're out of balance, like, you know, if it's the, so Matt is a primarily Pitta. Um, he, he's got some high Vata in him too. He's a creator, but, and I'm Vata Pitta. So we're very similar as far as that. And then of course our boys, <laughs> there's a lot of Pitta going through those kids. <laughs> and so it, but like little things like in this middle of summer, I remember last summer, I mean, we were just all on each other's nerves, right? I mean, it was a, it was a stressful time. Matt was going through the medical retirement. Um, it was a lot happening and, and it was the middle of summer, which is Pitta season, right? Yeah. Fiery, hot, humid, right? That's that moisture factor. And so our, our daily practice was when we were starting to get into that place where we weren't jiving as a family, we would just go jump in the pool. Like it, it's so, it can be so simple, but we like literally, and, and that's what I love about Ayurveda too, is like the mind and the body are intrinsically connected. Like there is no separation. So you might be having like huge, like, oh, I'm so mad. I'm so fired up. You get thrown in a cold pool. Like that's going to shift your mindset yeah. real quick, yeah. you know? And so for us as a family, it, it's helped all of us. Like, and, and I'm so grateful we have this pool because <laughs> we are a family of fittas and we like, Matt and I have been doing this Wim Hof cold challenge so we're doing it for a year which right now it's it's very pleasant because the water is warm so it's not quite as jarring but (laughs) like you know during the beginning of of, you know the covid pandemic when we're all at home and and you know just any big transition like that there's it's just challenging in different ways and and so we started this challenge as a way to kind of one just boost our immunity because why not um but it really helped shift our mindset because it was that like shock to the system of like getting us out of whatever those thought patterns we were having we jump in and we felt so good after right because we were just we were having that shift and so yeah so learning about your own dosha and then you know it's like when you buy a new car and then all of a sudden you're like I see like 5,000 Jeep Wranglers now. Yeah. Like I never know. Like all of a sudden, like once you learn about your own and about all the doshas, then when you're talking with somebody and they're talking about one of their struggles or one of their things, and you're like, I can see that now. Like, you know, like kaffas are like, they're so good at like long distance. They're amazing um, endurance as far as physically, but also just like mentally. Um, but, but their biggest challenge is like getting, actually getting their shoes on and getting going. Right. And so even like as a coach, right, even as a coach, understanding your clients or whoever, you know, their doshas, you can help support them in ways versus being like, if you're just looking through your own perspective of like, well, I'm a Pitta. So like they put that on my to-do list. Why are they having trouble? It's, you just got to do it. Right. Like, but the cockers are like, they just need that love and support of being like, remind, Hey, shoes, shoes on, shoes at the door. And then they're like, Oh, and now I ran 12 miles or whatever it is. You know, um, it, it's really, it's, it, it brings in a lot more compassion for every element, every relationship you have in your life, because you realize that it's not about, you know, things being good or bad qualities being good or bad. It's that, you know, they're one, they're different than me and that's okay. Right. We're not all the same. And two, they're just really out of balance. Like it's not like, and, and to have compassion for that, because when I'm out of balance, like, like things get lit on fire. So it's like, I can have <laughs> compassion for my kids when they're out of balance. Like I'm still like, I'm what, almost 33. I'm still figuring it out. So like, they're well, six. I, think I, they're uh, I'm, I got you. I got you by 10 years and I'm still trying to figure it out. So. <laughs> we all are. We yeah. all are. I mean, it's, that's yeah. why we're here, right? Yeah. So now you've discovered mindfulness, you've discovered yoga, you've discovered the Ayurvedic wellness piece. Um, 
and obviously you had experienced being a military spouse and the stresses that came with that. You experienced the stresses that came with transition uh, from your personal transition. At what point did you decide that you were going to bring this to, to others? And, and what did that kind of uh, journey look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I was saying, you know, when I got out of the Navy, I knew, I knew I wanted to serve women and I knew I had all these tools, these awesome tools and certifications. And I was, I was an epic student. I studied it all well, um, but I, I wasn't sure how to serve or, or what that would look like. And, and then when my first son was born, you know, I was, it was back, it was back to square one. It was back to square one. I really had to figure out how to take care of myself again as a, as a new mother. And it was, you know, it, like I said, it was almost two years, almost two years. Um, I remember training for my first half marathon. So I was a big half marathon runner before we had kids. I was just like, it was a good length of distance. Like, you know, I didn't have to really train for it. I could just yeah. show up and wing it on a weekend with my girlfriends and we had fun. And so after my son was born, he was, we had moved to Virginia beach and you know, that was a big, huge transition. Matt was gone for like eight months, um, six, about six months of training and we were still in San Diego. And so we, we moved out here and then he was gone all the time again. So in, in new neighborhood, new community, right. New things like big transition time. Um, I found, I started running again. So I actually found Sherwood, well, Sherwood racing found me. I found them. Some girls in the neighborhood had, um, across from me had started a triathlon club and it was for military spouses. And it was a way to kind of focus our energy in a positive way through the stresses of deployments, through all of it. Um, most of our husbands were team guys, so we understood the life and we wanted to just get together and, and do something positive with the time. And nice. so that was, that, was really the, that was the first step back to finding myself again, was through that community. Um, and these women are incredible. And, and, and you could have your children there. I mean, we watched each other's kids. Like it was really all embracing. And I remember running my first half marathon post baby, which was the Norfolk half, Norfolk half, uh, the Harbor one. Um, I, and it was like sleeting. It was like 40 degree weather. Like, you know, it was a mess out there and, but there were still spectators out there cheering. And I was literally like, bawling <laughs> the entire race <laughs> every time somebody was like you got this i was like thank you uh, <laughs> but i was like so it was the first thing i had done for myself again it was yeah. i and i was just so emotional because i was like how could i have let the, you know like i was just so grateful to be doing something just for me and and then shortly thereafter so that was a big milestone shortly thereafter you know to to continue your certification at the Tropa Center, every two years you have to go to retreat. That's part of the requirement to renew your certification, which I love. Yeah. Tropa Center, keep doing that. <laughs> but because you know it's it's far away now. I used to be down the road, and so it was it was time wise away from the kids, and and you know m cost money. So I don't know that I would have prioritized it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I I had to do it, so it was it was great. And I got out there, and it was like, you know, what's what's been missing this whole time. Oh, right. Meditation, mm -hmm. right? Because I had started to weave exercise and, and taking care of myself and the food had always been pretty good as far as keeping myself in balance. Um, but I, I hadn't found a consistency again to my meditation practice. I was back to crisis meditating where it was like, things yeah. would get really bad. I'd be yeah. like, meditate, meditate, meditate. Okay. Back and forth things that's on the back burner. 
burner, right? I hadn't gotten that consistency back since having our son and being at the Chopra Center for another, I think it may have been a week. I think it was about a week. I was like, of course, this is what was missing. Like, oh, come on, right? But, but being there, and, and also it really helped me too because seeing all these same teachers that I loved and I felt like they were like an extended family of mine. What I noticed when I went back that, that for that renewal was that so many of them were not young moms, right? Most of them did not have children or if they did have children, they were much older. And mm -hmm. so, and, and no fault to their own, right? But like so many things, when you haven't gone through that experience, you can't really teach to that experience. And sure. so I was like, oh, that's why like, rise one of the things that one of my teachers david g had taught me was the rpm rise p meditate which i loved because it was like first thing you do in the morning i'm like <laughs> but when you're like getting woken up at all hours of the night by a screaming kid and that you know like that doesn't work anymore right yeah. so so it was it was a good eye-opening for me of being like oh okay like it's not that i'm just failing at this it's that i'm in a new dynamic and so i need to make adjustments and make this work for my life now not not keep trying to force it back into what it used to be mm -hmm. and so i came home from that with like a really a renewed sense of like purpose because that calling had come you know come back of like okay like gotta gotta get back on this train this is what i want to be doing i want to be helping people um and then when i had my second son so he was the next year um like I said before, like I, I was in a much better place. I, I, I said within two weeks, I didn't leave my bedroom. I was like, you guys got this. I'm going to be in bed. <laughs> gave birth. This is kind of a big deal, right? Like I was taking such better <laughs> care of myself. I was asking for the help I needed versus waiting for people to offer help. I was just so much more proactive with my own recovery. Nice. And so, so stepping back into all that, I was like, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to start teaching again. And so the first group that I taught, you know, in Virginia beach was actually my Sherwood racing girls. Right. It was in, and for me, teaching has always been hand in hand with giving back because I want the women and, and the people that have supported me to have access to the same information that has helped me live a better life. Right. And, right. and so I was like, come on. It's so they came into my house for, I think it was like three weekends in a row. And I taught them, my whole perfect health Ayurvedic course. And it was so awesome because like these women that, you know, we've been this community, we've been this support for each other, but you know, we were learning things about each other that had never come up, right? Just never come up when your fo sole focus is triathlon and, and dealing with the stresses of deployment that they always knew I was like the crunchy hippie one, right? Like that was always very clear. <laughs> like, Jackie's our, our crunchy granola mom. I'm trying to break that stigma on this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's funny. I mean, like, even like my girlfriends that live in like New York and Connecticut and they're like, you registered for cloth diapers. We didn't know if you were okay. Like, uh. <laughs> like, we didn't know what was happening. I'm like, no, get with the times, get with the times later. But, um, but it was so great because we all got to, you know, get to know each other on such a deeper level. And I really got to, I got to say thank you. It was a way for me to say thank you to them of like, you, gosh, you women have been there through so many hard times since we, you know, PCS here and through these deployments and losses and things that are just so important. And so it was awesome. So that was like my kickstart. Nice. And then, and then, you know, the universe has a beautiful way of supporting you once you set your intention. Right. And so my intention was, I want, I want this, I want to start teaching 
and I want to get this out there in the world. Like I'm ready now. I've, I, I put it on the back burner while I was figuring things out for myself again, like recouping, but now I'm, I'm ready to go back out into the world. And, and the universe was like, all right, let's set it up. So little, you know, little, um, kismet things would happening. And like, somebody would ask me to come do something, you know, I remember, but I remember like, I put my perfect health course, like on the website, did no promote. I didn't know anything about marketing promotion. I just put it on a website and was like, sign up. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you know? People will find it. Nobody signed up. <laughs> right. But, but that fire was ignited in me. So it was like, yeah, nobody signed up. It wasn't, I didn't see it as a failure. I just thought, okay, I did that the wrong way or that wasn't the right timing, but things kept coming to support me. Right. Mm -hmm. Things kept coming to support me. And, and I was learning so much more. And, and then, so I, I was teaching in different ways. I was trying to teach these meditation circles um, on a weekly basis in my neighborhood. I was teaching um, yoga and mindfulness and having these, it was, you know, solidarity circles in the beginning. So I was calling them like, a night to, so it was like a night to exhale, a night to fill your cup. And I started nice. holding these like quarterly evenings for women. And one, so, so many of the women that came were military spouses because that's who my friends are. That's who our circle sure. is. Um, but, but then also just like members of the community that, that would come too. And so that was like, I was getting my, my footing back with that. And I met another really awesome military spouse, uh, Libby Proctor, who is an acupuncturist. And we had kind of come together and been like, I was, oh, I did her mother's blessing. That's how she came to one of my yoga nights and she was pregnant. And then she went on my website and saw I did mother's blessings, which is, um, you know, a, a sacred ceremony to welcome women through the spiritual uh, transition to motherhood, not just like here's some diapers, which is important yeah, too, but, sure. <laughs> but it's like also mothers being born. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, and so she, so I, I did her mother's blessing and we just realized we were kindred spirits. And so we were like, gosh, we really want to help serve the military community. Like these women, like our own sisters, like they're suffering. And, and we, we kind of, we found the way through right? We found our way through the forest. And mm -hmm. so we want to reach back. And so we had put together some proposals to different um, service organizations that, that served our community and, and didn't get a lot of feedback. Um, it was just like, that's nice, but like, that's not what we do. And so, you know, but like I said, I, that fire was in me. I was like, I, okay, like that's just not the right door. So let's try another one. <laughs> so, nice. so I attended a workshop on base um, led by the peer coordinator. Her name's Deidre. She's awesome. And um, it was like a new year, new you. And I was like, you know, I, I'll take all the, I love it. I'm like, I'll yeah. do all the events, sign me up. And afterwards, I stayed after, I was like, hey, like, I really want to host something. What do you think? And she's like, let's talk about it. So fast forward you know, a month or two, we find out Matt's getting medically retired. So that was kind of like on the back of our minds. So what happened, channeling back, he had had a brain hemorrhage um, after skydiving, um, uh, roughly, and I don't know the exact term. They, they're not sure exactly what happened, okay. but um, post skydiving, he came home and suffered a brain hemorrhage. And so we didn't know if he was going back or not. So that was kind mm -hmm. of all in the background. Um, he wanted to go back. They weren't sure. So about six or eight months after his initial injury, they made the decision that he was not going to be able to return to active duty. So, so that happened. And so I knew, and it was like immediate, like, okay, he's going to be home, not deploying anymore, right? Like it's done. Yeah. And so I reached back out to Deidre and I was like, 
that I wanted, I need to do something because these women in our community have stood by me these past 12 years and I need to say thank you, right? I want to host whatever it is. I want to host something to say thank you to these women because I couldn't have done this life without them. And, and I, I didn't know the year that was coming for us. I didn't, I hadn't understood how challenging that year of medical retirement would be, but I knew he wasn't, wasn't deploying anymore and I knew he wasn't going to be away anymore. So that stressor was off the table. Yeah. Right. That fear and that stressor and the, the single parenting while he's gone was off the table. And so, so she, you know, invited me on base and we held this amazing night and it was a night to restore balance. And we like transformed this, you know, very military-esque room into a very Zen yogic space with fake candles and nice. lamps and, and it was beautiful. And, and it was really emotional for me because I knew we were entering again, a new chapter um, but it was that night of, of one, just holding space for these amazing women, but two, hearing their stories, because it was a very important part that I always do at every event I host, which is an opportunity for women to share their voice and truly the military spouses, you know, the, in, the active duty, um, in, especially in the teams in the community are always known as like the humble warriors, right? Out there, you're doing your job, you're doing it because of, you know, honor and for, uh, commitment to your country and your brotherhood yeah. and the women I've always seen in the background as more of these silent warriors, right? That they're warriors in their own right. But a lot of times they don't have a voice to speak out because of lots of different reasons. Um, but so they, they tend to stand back on these silent warriors. And so I really wanted to create a, a safe space where they could talk about what they're going through, what they're experiencing, their own pains and joys and whatever that is. And during that experience, especially for this community, it really opened my eyes because, you know, when, when you only stay with your own group of friends and you only have the same conversations, right? Like you, it seems like everyone's going through the same stuff, right? Right, right. And then you expand once again. And I got expanded that evening and realized, especially so many women, their, their husbands were getting ready to retire and they feel like they had nothing, nothing to show for these past 20 years. And there was, I could feel I could feel the resentment. I could feel the anger within them. And it, it just hurt. It hurt to see them suffering like that, knowing that there could be another way, that there was a way for them to step into to feeling vibrant and, and living this, like thriving in this life, this military challenging life in a way that allow them to bloom through it, right? And come out the other side, not only stronger as a person, but stronger as a couple, stronger you know, as just a human being for the, and then their children, like, I just saw there's a lot of suffering and pain. And, and it was like, in that instant, I knew, yeah. I knew that that this is who I'm supposed to serve. These are the women. And, and that's why for so many people, I'm always like, you, you know, keep following your curiosity, keep following what, what calls to you, but don't get stuck in having to have it figured all out. Right. Because I, that had to line up, right? Like if Matt hadn't had that injury, if we hadn't been in Virginia, if he hadn't gone medically retired, right? Like all those things had to line up for me to discover this is who I'm supposed to serve. Right. And so then, and then it was clear. And then it was like, everything happened pretty fast after that. I, you know, immediately like started meditating and, you know, praying on the name and solidarity of sisters, like you know, that, that unity with yourself, but also like the, the strength that comes from community of standing with each other. 
um, and creating a safe space for these women to not only share their voice, but also receive and learn and practice all of these tools that can help them heal physically, emotionally, spiritually, in their mind, right? All of it, all of it. So that's, that's been this past year has been, that was last March that I held that uh, retreat on base. And it's been, you know, an exciting year of growth yeah, for it. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's come a long way. Just what I've, what I've seen since we first met um, and, you know, Becca's gone to one of, one of your circles and, excuse me, as I scratch my nose there, um, uh, she came back raving about it, um, which as I discussed before, you know, I, I tried to introduce Becca to mindfulness and meditation and you can't really push it on someone. But I think it's also coming from someone outside of the, the marriage. I think yeah. that's important. Um, and then, and then quite honestly, I think coming from, from a, a fellow military spouse is, you know, you guys can relate and so I think it's uh, very powerful what you created there. And, uh, and I know that it's going to continue to do good things for the, the women of, of the community. And as it expands, uh, you know, potentially male spouses outside of, outside of the community. So thanks, uh, thanks for what you're doing. We're, we're coming uh, up on the end of the show here. Uh, Jackie, what have we not discussed that you would like to, uh, to have our listeners here? Uh, well, I mean, I know that, you know, part of our discussion today was really about the transition process, right? And um, I mean, I think we could probably host <laughs> like 20 podcasts in, in some way to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think for me, you know, it's as far as just experiencing transition from the other side um, and, and what that was like and to offer maybe some some support or just, you know, my own personal experience through it. Um, that so you know and i've alluded to this but you know matt's you know matt's retirement was not a planned one right it was a medical retirement and and when the decision was made it was very swift um and although that was very quick the actual process was very long it was uh, over a year from when they the board they put in the board that he needed to be medically retired to when he was actually off active active duty right and um there was a lot of moments um through that process where, you know, I think for me, the caregiver in me was like, Oh, this is the time. This is the time when like he wasn't, they weren't going to address his pains and his injuries and his TBIs when he was active duty. Cause they want him to go, go, go. And he wants to go. Sure. go. But now, yeah. now that he's re retiring and they know he can't, I'm like, we've got time to, to fix him. <laughs> yeah. That was my mindset. That was my mindset. And I wasn't taking into account all those things that I went through on a very microscopic level when I transitioned and what he was going through on such a grander scale mm. because he didn't choose to get out. This yeah. was unexpected. This, this was his brotherhood that he is now not part of. Um, all those sort of things that, that supported me during my own transition were not there. For him. He, did, he didn't know what he was going to do when he got out, right? He didn't finish college. Like these things that come back up when, when you feel lost. And, and so it, it was really a learning experience for, for me being a caregiver by nature to once again have to like come back to my own practices of, of being present and stepping back and not trying to fix anything and just letting him 
express what he's going. Like it was, he had to go through his own grieving process and he was still, I mean, he still has issues with chronic pain and things like that. So is that, you know, on top of it? Sure. Um, and, and then with the two boys and then raising two boys, so really a lot of like compassion for all of us, not, and not trying to force things. Like, I'm like, let's sign you up for every free transition, <laughs> you know? And he's like, I don't want to be a patient. I don't want, like, I'm, the VA process was really hard. And, yeah. and one thing I'll say to anybody, you know, who's going through that, whether it's, you know, medical retirement or, or just regular retirement, that if your spouse is getting ready to go through that, if you can go to those appointments with them, because for me, you know, that wasn't recommended. It, nobody said like, you should probably go to these appointments. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. So I'm like, I'm going to work. I'm doing my thing, taking care yeah. of the boys he wasn't advocating for himself, right? Because especially with, you know, your profession, with his profession, like for so long, he's like, I'm fine, right? Like, yeah. I don't wanna, I don't have problems. I don't need to talk about that. And then it was like a flip of a switch. And all of a sudden he's supposed to be like spewing out his guts about everything that hurts and everything that's wrong. And right. he was really, he had a hard time doing that. And so it, it was a hard process for him and, and things that we kind of had to go back and relook at because, you know, he just wasn't, um, able to advocate for himself in the way that he needed to, um, because it was just not, not what he was used to. And so I think for any spouses who's, you know, husbands or wives, you know, if, are getting out to, if you can go with them just to be there, one as a support, which is awesome, even if they don't ask. Um, but also to be able to provide that, like, how are you, you know, how's your sleep? And they're like, fine. And you're like, well, how about the fact that you like wake up 10 times a night and you wake up at four in the morning for the whole day and you're like, Oh yeah. I mean, isn't that, you know, right. Like yeah, those little yeah. things that, you know, we kind of just like pass off, but when you're going through that process, you really need to kind of bring a lens to it. And so, so that was one thing that, you know, I learned and I, I hope to share it and to help other people go through that process a little bit easier. Um, but also not to panic. I had a few moments during this process where I got scared um, because it was so challenging um, for him and, and I felt that panic rise and I wanted to fix right away. Right. And it was like, I, and someone gave me great advice. Cause I was like, I'm just, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what the right thing is here. And they were like, just, just don't panic. Just breathe. And I'm like, oh, I think I've heard that before somewhere. <laughs> right? Like, I think I may have, yeah. may have uh, said that one. Taught that days. even. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe a few times. But it was, you know, through every new experience you go in life. And I think, you know, for me, part of my own, you know, hesitation even was getting into more of this leadership teaching type role within meditation mindfulness was like, I knew I, I still had so much more to learn, right? Like I knew, so I was like, well, how can I teach when I have so much more to learn? But also learning that, yes, but you've already gone through this X, Y, and Z, right? So yeah. you, can, you can speak to that and you can help people through that process. Um, but then when you go through something new, you may have to, once again, adjust course, right? It's that constant pausing. It's that constant learning and adjusting and, and just being open to that, the challenges of a new, of a new set of circumstances. And so, you know, for that too, you know, and with that timing, there were things like happening where, you know, friends of Matt's that were committing suicide 
mm-hmm. and and it was really scary. And I just that advice of given to me of like just don't panic, just breathe and be present was really helpful because when when things are talked about with you know life or death and and for me you know being a caregiver in in a hospital setting that was that training right it was mm-hmm. like it you have to stay calm you have to stay calm and you have to stay focused and when there's somebody who's going through like a postpartum hemorrhage or there's a baby whose heart rate's down like you need to act quickly but you need to stay calm Sure. And so it was like coming full circle back to those, you know, because I'm not in those life or death situations and, and not that the, I was in that specifically, but it, coming back to those things I learned as a nurse of like when, when it is scary that once again, you just have to you take the actions that you can, but also pause and breathe and don't act if it's not the right, if it's not the right way. And so, and so what that allowed me to do was become his ally and become that support versus being like another person that wanted to fix or another person that wanted to suggest something that mm-hmm. I could just be his wife and be that loving support that was ready to listen to what he needed versus what I thought he needed. And so, you know, that, and then this year, you know, he's, he's officially out now. And I think, you know, especially if, and then you know this, I mean, going through your own transition that, you right. know, it's really challenging. It's, it's different, right? It's not the, the high tempo of being, you know, deploying and being on workups, but it's a different type of challenging. And so to like, just hold compassion for everybody going through that process and knowing that like now he's out and, and it's a whole different ball game. It's yeah. a whole different ball game. Like we are just, I thought that, you know, when that, that, decision was made that was when the break would come but it wasn't it was over a full year later Mm -hmm. and so just to like if people are going through that process right now and you're listening to not worry you know if you feel like it hasn't gotten any easier like if it's still feeling really hard because it's it is it's a really that retirement process is really challenging for every member of the family and so just to to keep taking care of yourself right come back to that fill your own cup, right? Overflow, come to the practices that make you feel good because when you are in a good place, you can overflow to those around you and you have the ability to be present and not be reactive to somebody else who's going through a hard time. You can hold space for them. And it's like that difference between like empathy and compassion, right? Mm -hmm. Like empathy is when you take their pain on and compassion is the ability to recognize somebody else's pain, but, but be present with it and then be able to act accordingly to help them versus bringing yourself into that so much of that pain yourself. And so, yeah. and it's all, it all comes back to the practices, right? It's like that we just do that gut check again of like, okay, like, am I, you know, how am I taking care of my mind? Okay. I need to, you know, focus in on that. How am I taking care of my body? How am I taking care of my spirit? Right. Like how much, how is my connection with other human beings? Am I feeling isolated and alone? And I mean, that was another piece of it, right? Like our community yeah. was essentially we cut off in many ways um, because of what he was going through. He didn't want us engaging in a lot of stuff. It was too painful, mm-hmm. right? So it's too yeah. painful to go to the command functions. It's too painful sure. to be around. And so, but so that cut both of our community lines off. And so for me, I had to really come back to like, okay, I need to, I need to connect with the girls. Like, even if it's not couples, even if, like if he needs to be home with the kids, like I need to do that for me so that I am feeling centered and balanced and I have safe space to talk 
about what I'm going through, right? Because everyone has their own unique experience and then I can be present with him, not needing him to help me and I need to help him and we're all just kind of like (laughs) trying to stay afloat, you know? (laughs) Awesome. Um, Going back to that, the spouse going to the VA appointments, um, what has two thumbs and is about to start all that process? this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take that, uh, that advice on and, and have Becca come to those appointments. Although right now they're not doing them. They're, uh, they're telehealth or, virtual. or yeah, or, or bumping them down the road. So I don't, I don't know when I'm going to do that. Um, especially with us jumping in the RV and cruising around the country. I, I have no yeah. idea how this whole next <laughs> few months is going to play out, but Hey, we're, uh, we're just going to relax and take it, take it as it comes. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. Jackie, how could people get a hold of you or find out more about your, uh, your, um, your solidarity circle? Your <laughs> sister, uh, I screwed up. I, I'm never going to get it right. I, I you will. Like <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. Set that intention, John. You okay. All right. All right. So yes. how can they find out more about that? Yes. Yeah, so, and about you. Um, you can, I'm on, you know, Instagram, Facebook at solidarity of sisters, um, solidarityofsisters.com is my website for any of the events. Um, depending on when this is coming out, I am hosting, um, an in-person small intimate women's night, uh, for military spouses on June 20th. That's going to be a night to reawaken. Yeah. Just coming together, um, in a, in a safe and, and, um, really beautiful way. Um, virtually the solidarity circles happen twice a month, um, every full moon and every new moon because, I love, I love, I love it. <laughs> yep. And so it's a great way to kind of release and then set new intentions every single month. Um, and then I also created a free 21 day guide. So for me, especially going into the COVID pandemic and, you know, being, being felt or <laughs> being pulled emotionally in many different ways, right? Like the caregiver in me, the, the mom in me, the meditator in me wanting to serve, but also needing to take care of myself. Right. Yeah. Like, and having a total flip in my own world, like right? once again, I had to figure out my own new daily rhythms. Um, and I, and I need to come through that. And so what I started leaning into was, um, a daily gratitude and affirmation practice. And so I've created a 21 day guide because I know that like when I've been in a really, you know, challenging season or just feeling like burnout that it's, it can feel almost overwhelming and exhausting to like, try and figure out how to get out of that place, right? Yeah. Is it another book I need to read? Is it, right? And so I, I wanted to create something that was super simple and, and could support people. Like, I know I need something. I'm not sure what that is. This is a free 21-day guide to realign them to, to really reclaim their day um, and, and to feel good, to feel like they are stepping into this next season in a way that they feel present and they feel really good. And so that, if you just go to solidarityofsisters.com slash alignment, that's a free 21 day downloadable guide. And it's got affirmations and mantras and like a weekly reflection journal and just all the things to really support people as we kind of navigate this new, new era, right? This new, new shade of gray that we're yeah. all kind of going through right now. Well, cool. I'm definitely going to point back towards that 21 day guide. Um, and we didn't even talk about your role at Veterans Path, but I'll just quickly summarize. <laughs> uh, we, we did bring Jackie on as one of our team members uh, recently, and she's going to be helping out with some of our upcoming women's programs, be they virtual or in person. Uh, so look for more from Jackie from Veterans Path. 
Uh, and we're very excited to have you on board, Jackie, and also love what you're doing with the solidarity of sisters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there it is. I got it. <laughs> and uh, I'll make sure we share all that on uh, on the show notes, both the audio and the uh, and the visual side. So, Jackie, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for for coming on the show today with me, and, and I appreciate you sharing everything that you're doing uh, and all your knowledge and your background. And uh, and good luck to you as you go forward, uh, both with Veterans Path and with the Solidarity of Sisters. So. It's, I'm uh, sure it's I'll been see awesome. you around somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. But as far as the show goes, we'll say farewell yes. for now. So yes. yeah, until then, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you so much. Have a great day, John. All right, you too. For our listeners, thanks for listening to our show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. We too are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends and family. And remember, listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority improving and saving lives.